Welcome back, and look who's already smiling. Yes. So you know this is the first take. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, good to see everybody. We appreciate uh, those that have been reaching out to us this past week. Uh, received some good comments uh, being shared to us and some good thoughts on our text and our study in John. So uh, I really appreciate that. And also, uh, I just want to give a big shout out to Bonnie Johnson. Can we do that? Yes. Uh, Bonnie is not just watching every episode, but she's been participating and and we appreciate her kindness. And, and she's enjoyed it from just the standpoint that it helps with audible learners to just hear the text read and discussed. Yes. And so, uh, Bonnie, thank you uh, so much for sharing your thoughts. All right, we're going to jump straight into it. Uh, we're in 1 John chapter 2, and we're about to begin verse 28. And in my opinion, this is where John segues a little bit, or he begins to take us on a path of practicing righteousness. Is that how you see it? Kind of a, you, you've seen some tests here, do not sin, but then this is going to be more of the how to live your life test, and you see him over and over again emphasizing practicing righteousness. John is unique in how he writes. If you look now in uh, really 18 uh, through 28 and then 29, he segues in such a way, like in 28, he's starting to talk about, should the Lord appear? Well, he then takes that back up uh, in chapter 3. He wants to make another point about the Lord appearing. And so he's making major points, he's bringing up minor points, and then he will go back to those minor points and make them a major point. So we just need to be careful in the text what he's saying because he's going to bring it up again. And that's what he's going to do here. I think 28 is probably the end of this 18 through 27. He's saying here in 28, you're special. You've received an anointment. Uh, the Lord considers you special. And the people that you're associating with may not consider you to be special, but the Lord considers you to be special. Uh, and he's going to talk about that more in chapter 3. Well, we live in a world of confusion, uh, and even back in those days, there was a lot of confusion, but you just think about our life in just the past year, all the uncertainties, all the challenges, but John's going to say there's one thing you should not be confused about, and there's one thing that you should be more certain about than anything else, and that's your salvation and that's your right. confidence when the Lord appears. And, and that should be confident. You shouldn't be shying away from this, and you shouldn't be concerned about yeah. what the Gnostics or the world is saying about you. You should have confidence, and so you're not shrinking back. I, I, I think that's interesting in verse 28. You're not shrinking away from him in shame at his coming. I, I think if I'm shrinking away from the Lord when he's coming, I'm in big trouble. Well, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I, I, here yeah, comes, you know, I'm yeah, almost, you yeah. know. Flexing. I think if you're yeah. going back like this to the Lord when he comes, you might as well just keep on going back because it may not be good for you. You, you should have that confidence. Well, let's read it. Let's read it. That's, that's a funny thought. No shirking. No shirking here, all right? No shirking. Uh, let's read verses 28 through verse 3 of chapter 3. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shirk from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Chapter 3, verse 1. 
See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Uh, first thing, I just need to share. <laughs> My poor wife heard these verses so often when I first started preaching because this was my go-to sermon. Uh, I was asked to speak on a, a lectureship on hope, and so this was my text, and I preached it, and I thought the sermon was so good. It was my sermon I took on the road so much that Cheryl, to this day, cringes uh, <laughs> at this text. And I, and I don't even know if I've ever preached on this text again since then. That was 30 years ago, so it's good to come back to it. Yeah. And I didn't go back to my original notes. Okay. Uh, I probably would not have liked them anyhow. <laughs> but what an amazing text. Uh, John says we should be excited and we should have all the confidence in the world when the Lord returns. Yes. And, and so what you find here is he's taking us on a pathway that when we abide in the word, when we apply the word to our lives and have that kind of righteous attitude, we recognize we've been adopted by him, see what he has done for us and his love for us, and therefore we are longing for his appearance that we'll be like him. We should have assurance like no other. Uh, and this hope is a confident expectation. The, the word here in the Greek for hope that you find in verse 3, incidentally, I think this is the only time John uses that word in the text. Uh, I may be wrong, but I think this is the only time he uses the word hope. But the word hope here is a confident, sure, solid expectation. It's not how we normally use it in conversation, a wishing for something. But our hope is in that we are purifying ourselves in the Lord. And it's a purifying hope in that respect. Lee Hicks gave a great Lord's Supper talk here recently he sure on did. the blessed hope. Right. Uh, and uh, it, it, was, it was a lesson all of us need to hear. And that's exactly what he was saying in that lesson, that this, this hope is so much different than what we casually say is a hope. Uh, mm -hmm. This is an expectation. Yes, since it hadn't been here, it's a hope. I mean, that's what we have to call it. But that's an expected thing that we should have in our hearts because the Lord has sent to us. Uh, if you abide in me, that's going to happen for you. Yeah. And now he's going to begin to talk about in verse 29. We're going to see this term over and over here between 29 and verse 10 of chapter 3. is going to be this term practice. Practice. And so yeah. that's what he's going to emphasize here in these next few verses. In these initial parts, he's saying we've got to practice righteousness, and we're born of him. Now, we could get into a whole big discussion sure. on this idea of being born of him, but what he's saying here in verse 1 is, look, you're called children of God. Well, and, and, and that in the Greek, that's kind of interesting. That. See what manner of yeah. love. It's as if Paul is saying, whoa, yes. wow, y'all got to see this. This is amazing. Yes, you, 
what what this should mean to the, you that you're called a child of God. And I adopted is probably a pretty good term. I, I like the born uh, of him, and we'll probably get into that. But being adopted by God, he didn't have to adopt us. Yeah. I mean, we were sinners. But he has allowed us to be adopted by him. And what a, what a state that is to be that God has adopted us as his children. And so the world doesn't really understand that. Uh, and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. The world doesn't see this. You just like anybody else. Um, but you're special because you are a child of God. Do you kind of see, you know, I like to confess, a uh, little insight into uh, what goes on sometimes here at the building in meetings, especially elders meetings. Uh, this guy over here, every now and then, will just look across the table at somebody and go, Phil, you know, Mark, it used to be Erman, <laughs> don't you say Erman, don't say, you, you can hear, it. John's got that pleading in, and little children, listen to me. You abide in him, and then you practice the righteousnesses of him, and you recognize you've been adopted by him, and you will long to be like him because you're going to appear like him as he is. That's what your life is all about. Have that kind of confidence every day. Yes, you are a child of God. I threw you in the same category there as John. You get that? I appreciate that. Not James, but John. I got you in there. I appreciate it. You're still a son of thunder, but nonetheless, (laughs) you're the compassionate guy here. You know, and, uh, and don't you see him? Now, I'm not a son of thunder most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. But you are this guy going, listen to me, yeah. Phil. Little children, don't you see? We are children of God. What a position to be in. We can't be in a better shape. We can't be in a better position than being a child of God. And these guys were a little concerned uh, about their relationship with the Lord because the Gnostics were taking that away from them, at least preaching that. You're not a child of God. I'm a child of God because I have all that knowledge of God and you're lesser than I am. And so these guys were uh, a little concerned about their relationship with God. And, And John is writing them saying, you have enough knowledge if you believe in the Christ, that he came from God, that he died on the cross for the remission of your sins, and that he's the Son of God, you have the knowledge to be a child of God. And that's what you need. Don't let them take that away from you. Well, and have confidence. And have have confidence. confidence. I mean, what should be our attitude about the Lord appearing? Are you ready? He's going to come in five seconds. You ready? Yes. We better be ready. You know, we ought to be ready. Yes. We ought to be excited. Uh, <laughs> one day I was at the house, and it got a little quiet around the house, a little too quiet. Uh, uh, Cheryl, uh, you know, is cleaning, working, doing things. She's, you know, normally where you can hear things are going on. It got real quiet, and all of a sudden I went, uh-oh. It's all quiet all of a sudden. Did I miss something? As the Lord returned, and Cheryl's gone, and I got left behind here, uh, you know, I'm not a rapture believer but I kind of got tickled. I had to go check on her. She was upstairs listening to her headphones. But it couldn't make help me. I had that moment of thought. Are we confidently, eagerly anticipating the Lord's return? I, I don't believe in a rapture. I was just cutting up about yeah. that. But John says, if you know you're abiding in the Lord and you're striving 
to live as he lived, practicing righteousness. And you know that he's adopted you. You're not shirking. You're confidently waiting for his return. And it's that kind of positive attitude, it's that kind of trust that leads us to living purified lives and purified, sanctified lives because of who we are, not just out of fear. Does that, is that what yeah. you think he's saying in, in he, as he speaks to us here? Because everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is, this is like that Levitical cleansing, that pot that has been cleansed and set aside for a purpose. That's us. We've been cleansed, set aside for a purpose, and so practice that kind of righteousness. If, if, we're, if we're going to be like Jesus when he appears, that should be a thrilling thought to you. And so what do I have to do to be in that situation? And he's saying uh, here in this passage, you know, the world doesn't know us because they haven't known him. They yeah. haven't known God. They haven't known Christ. And here you are. We are children of God. Well, we look just like these guys do. We, we have that same appearance right now. And, and they're saying, well, you're no better than I am, and so on and so forth. He's saying, you just wait. Wait. You just wait. Because when he comes. Because at the coming of Christ, you're going to be looking like him. And now the world's going to be saying, oh, I want to be looking like them. Then it's going to be too late. Yeah. And so he's saying, understand, you're going to be looking like Christ someday. You're going to be being like him. And so what do I have to do? I have to purify myself because he's pure. And so I'm back up here at this term. I'm practicing righteousness. So that's, that's a funny term, this practice. You know, people will come up to me and maybe laughingly or facetiously say, are you still practicing medicine in the sense of, uh, <laughs> do you have to keep doing this to get it right? Well, this You've is... You've only been doing it, what, yeah, 15 years, yeah, 20 years? I, I, oh, 50. Yeah, 50. Yeah, yeah. But, but the term practice here is not no. quite that term. No. This is a continuum. We are doing what the Lord wants us to do. This is a continuum because he's going to use the very same term down here in just a few minutes about practicing, practicing sin, lawlessness, practicing sin. lawlessness. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to get this term right. This is a continuing, ongoing thing that I'm doing. So I'm not intermittently righteous. I'm continuing in righteousness. And then that allows me, because I have been born of him, I have been begotten of God, um, well, I, I think that's a great point. It's a great point. I think I think sometimes we live with this fear of I committed a sin. Oh, I'm out. Yes. Oh, I got to make confession. Yes. Then I'm back in. I don't think that's what no, he's that's saying. No, that's what he's going to be saying here. The idea of no, practice no. would be a walking. Well, let's read it. Let's read now yeah. verses four to ten. Then, and and you'll you'll hear the transition. Uh, me starting verse three, so you hear this sharp transition. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. Verse four. Everyone who practices or makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. 
Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Boy, this is a powerful, this is a powerful few verses about this practicing sin, practicing lawlessness, Jesus coming to do what he did to take away sin. Uh, it's, it's so powerful, and I like your translation in the sense of tenses of verbs in my translation it says no one who abides in him sins well the appropriate translation is keeps on sinning because you have to put the word practice there because that's inherent in this whole passage so it would be no one who abides in him practices sin Uh, and no child who sins i.e practices sins has seen him or knows him so every time you see this uh, in here continue to think about the idea of practicing this is willful continuous sin he is not saying here that if you slip up and sin periodically this is not what he's talking about here well he's talking about continual being that guy of the world you have you have the Gnostics over here who have not obeyed the commands of God, uh, who love the things of the world. They're doing those things and still calling themselves sons of God. And he's saying here, no, they're practicing lawlessness. They're practicing sin. Uh, and so they are not children of God. Yeah, and you're going to know them by their words. And you're going to uh, know them by their words. And, and, and again, going back to chapter 1 and verses 9 and 10, you know, to the one who confesses his sin, the Lord's willing to forgive. It's that person who's always living with a conscious state of, I want to do what's right, but if I fail, I can go straight to the Lord yeah. and get forgiveness. Right. But it's not like I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. There's a difference in a sin and practicing sin. Exactly. And that's John's In point. the eyes of the Lord, that is... Yeah. We need to understand And so that. we need to be confident, in, and this is going to sound weird, confident sometimes even in failure that we haven't been forsaken. That's right. The, the Lord understands our imperfection, and, and the person who's longing for righteousness is going to, Lord willing, eventually see what they're doing and come back to him. It, it kind of reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is going through and defining righteousness. Unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so, you know, righteousness begins with, first of all, having good understanding. You've heard that it was said, I say to you. It begins with an inner um, emotion of the heart, not to be seen of men, but to but to be seen of the Lord who will reward you in secret. So you're even wanting, you're wanting goodness even deep down yeah. inside you. And, and then you want to be discerning in the way you live your life and build it as the wise builder. Just like the Lord has said here about love and hate of your brother, it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. There's no middle ground. Well, just as same case here in practicing righteousness or practicing uh, sin, 
there's no middle ground. You are either on the side of trying to do what the Lord has asked you to do, or you're not on that side. And if you're not on that side, then you are in the sinful side. And so we cannot say, oh, I, I've, I, I, all these things that I'm doing so well, but I've got this one sin over here that I continue in. Willfully, willfully. to practice uh, and yeah, practice can, and practice. Uh, and, yeah. You have to be extremely careful of taking that position because no, the Lord's going to forgive me because I'm so good over here on these other things, but I'm going to continue this willful sin because that's just me. No. That's what you're John's speaking of. You're it. practicing lawlessness. But ultimately... Ultimately, understanding the principle here with the practice involved yes. should give us confidence yeah, and hope exactly. and, and should set us apart, not not yes. cause us to shirk and, and to hide away. Now, there's something else I thought that was neat in here too, uh, Mark. John drops another truth bomb as he defines the Lord. Uh, in chapter 2, verse 1, he makes it clear Jesus is the advocate, yeah. our advocate, our defender. Uh, as we looked at last week, uh, he is the Holy One. We see that in chapter 2, verse 20. Well, here in chapter 3, he just says it. And it, tell me if he's not making a big point to the Gnostics. In verse 8, he's the Son of God. Yes. So you've got an advocate, Holy One, Son of God. If there's any questions about his deity and who he is, John's putting that to rest. Exactly. It is the Son of of God who has appeared, and it is the Son of God who has destroyed the evil one. And I'd even add one verse more, and that's verse 3, because he is pure. Uh, he, and, and what are we doing? Because he is pure, we're purifying ourselves. And so here's another one of those bombs. Uh, the Lord's pure. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, and so... If we're going to be practicing righteousness, what are we trying to do? We're trying to practice purity. And so it's not come and go, come and go. We are in an attempt to be in a pure state. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting because you see that purity there. And, you know, in the eyes of, of most Jews, even those who are now following Jesus, they, their mind would always go back to the Levitical priesthood, yeah. the cleansing, yeah. the purification, the sanctification of items or the individual for service. And and even the high priest had to purify yeah. himself before he could go. Well, Jesus is the perfect high priest. Uh, he's he's yeah. pure. He's pure. He's and, pure. And so what are we doing? We're trying to do the very same thing he is. He is our, he, he is uh, the thing that we're going to try to uh, make our lives after look like. And is there a point that he's making, too, clearly, that we have some responsibility in this? There's a lot of responsibility here. <laughs> he who it's purifies yeah. himself, it's practice, 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 practice. Yes, we have a whole lot here. And, and those people who are telling us that once saved, always saved. This is saying... Boy, that would be hard. This that's got to be, be kind of hard here because yeah. uh, if, if, if we are practicing righteousness, yes... Guess what? We're once saved, always saved. Yeah. Because we're practicing righteousness. But if we begin to practice sin, all this is negated. And so if you were once saved and you're now practicing lawlessness, it says here you're going after the devil. The Lord's not going to take somebody into heaven whose father is the devil. And so 
this is a continual. Yeah. I've once done it, and it doesn't matter what I do from here on. No, that's not correct. This is an ongoing process. Right. And we should have hope. And we should have a lot of hope. A lot of hope. So Confident hope. Oh, good. I got back to this text 30 years later, and now, you know, we can get back to it. I can <laughs> preach things. I don't think I should preach it again. She probably probably not. Probably, yeah. We don't she's, have to. She's heard enough it. of those. <laughs> but I, I like it. We only have about another minute or so. Yeah. But no one who is born of God in verse nine practices sin because his seed abides in him. Another point that we need to be talking about: the word of God is the seed. Well, and that and, goes back to verse twenty-eight. And, and now back to twenty-eight. Now little children. Right. There's your little children yes. again. Now little children yes. abide in him. in him and make your home in him. Because abide, in verse 27, home, he's abide. talking about the Word. Yeah. So he's doing this circular thing, and he comes right back to it uh, here in verse 9. Uh, your, his Word abides in you, and so if you see his Word, you understand his Word, you know what it's saying. So we cannot, there's, well, it says here, we cannot sin. We will not practice sin if yeah. his Word abides in us, because we're not going to be that kind of a person. So there again, when that sin stands by itself, in this context, always put practice before it. Uh, if the Word of God dwells in us, we will not practice sin. All right. One thought to leave with. What you got? Is that it? <laughs> I think we've done pretty well, you've good. Well, you done good. You done good. I, I, wanna, I just want to leave with this thought of, of John just saying, you know, see what manner of love yes. the Father has given to us that we should be children of God. Yes. Behold, it's, it, don't you get it? We are God's children. Active, now, present, who we are. We are God's children. And so let's act like it and show the world who we are. And will continue to be. Continue to be. Great thoughts. Great thoughts. Well, you got anything else? Yes, that's good. All right. Well, uh, from just a congregational standpoint, uh, good crowds again Sunday. Uh, beginning uh, June, the first Wednesday in June, uh, we'll have a Bible study here at the building, the book of Hosea. Tim and uh, Jason Powell, Tim Wessel and Jason Powell will be teaching that class here at the building. We, however, will still not be done with our study. So Probably we're, not. We're not planning to rush through it because we want to go through 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. So you will have that study as well available on YouTube. So here at the building, the Hosea study uh, beginning in June, uh, but our study will continue to be available to everybody on YouTube and our YouTube channel. So anything else from you, sir? Let's... I think we're meeting here again very soon to do the next few verses, but uh, I'm looking forward to those next few verses. All right. All right. And so we'll pick it up in chapter 3, verse 11 next week. Thanks so much for joining us. God bless you, and we'll see you right here next week. Good night. <laughs>